and we'll get into the scripture here. First Peter chapter number one, and look in verse number uh, two tonight. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Thank you for standing. You can be seated tonight. Um, this is week number four that we've been in these verses. And what we've really done is preach each one of the verses and um, each week. And so uh, we've been looking at the, the subject of this amazing salvation. And we began with the... Um, with, uh, with the um, how am I? I'm trying to work my, all my words are leaving my brain tonight for some reason, but we began with the subject or with the thought of uh, this amazing salvation is a provided salvation. And uh, so God had no obligation to give us salvation. We did nothing to earn it. We, uh, we did nothing to deserve it. And uh, that's what verse number two is talking about. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. And uh, verse 3 goes on and says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so um, we did nothing to earn salvation. We did nothing to deserve salvation. If God hadn't first loved us, then we would still be on our way to hell with no hope in sight. Uh, James, James Gray penned an old hymn called Only a Sinner. And this is what it says. Naught have I gotten, but what I received. Grace hath bestowed it since I have believed. Boasting excluded, pride I abase. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Once I was foolish and sin ruled my heart, causing my footsteps from God to depart. Jesus hath found me, happy my case. I am now a sinner saved by grace. Tears unavailing, no merit had I. Mercy had saved me or else I must die. Sin had alarmed me, fearing God's face, but now I'm a sinner saved by grace. Only a sinner saved by grace. Only a sinner saved by grace. This is my story. To God be the glory. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. And that's what it's all about right there. It's not anything that we deserved. It's not anything that we earned. It is just the mercy and grace of God that we are saved tonight. And so that was the first thing we looked at and how it was a provided uh, salvation. But then we looked at the second week. We looked at how this amazing salvation is a prompted salvation. And uh, salvation indicates there is something that we're being saved from. And of course, we know that that would be sin. That would be the wrath of God because sin entered into the world. We needed to be saved from it and God's wrath because of it. And salvation was prompted. And to really understand the depths of God's love, we must understand just how much God hates 
sin. <coughs> Remember, the positive is only positive because the negative is negative. And there are two sides to that. And uh, so we looked at all of that. And then last week, we looked at how this amazing salvation is a permanent salvation. We, we saw how everything on this earth is temporary. It's all going to burn up one of these days. The things of the world are passing away. And the great missionary C.T. Studd said this, Only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last. And how true of a statement that is. Nothing of this world is going to stay, but God has provided a possession that is permanent for us. And the only thing that's going to stay when you leave is what you've done with Jesus Christ and what you've done for Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us to lay up our treasures in heaven. They can't, where, where the moth and the rust don't corrupt it, where thieves can't get to it and steal it. And uh, so you want something permanent, you need to be doing something for the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, <clears throat> and so tonight, we're going to conclude this series within a series. I say that because the larger series that I began several weeks ago uh, is called Through the Fire, and it's a study of the entire book of First Peter. But we ain't made it past the fi first five verses yet. And so, uh, but I'll tell you something, you want to know what will help you get through the fire, so to speak, what's going to help you get through the trials of this life and the tribulation of this life? I'll tell you what it is, understanding the so great of a salvation, the so amazing salvation that God has given us, that will help you get through life understanding what all the Lord has done. And so tonight, let's look at the fourth part of this in verse number five. And look at this amazing salvation is a protected salvation. It's protected. Protection, it's something really important to us, isn't it? You think about this. We buy insurance to protect us from financial disaster in sickness. We buy health insurance. We buy, uh, we buy life insurance. And, and we do these things to make sure that we're taken care of or our family is taken care of. Maybe your wife, maybe your husband, maybe your children. We make sure that we are taken care of. And by doing that, we, we take things to protect what we have. Um, <clears throat> I've got car insurance basically because it's the law to have it. But it's a good thing to have, right? Uh, homeowner's insurance, it's a good thing to have. If uh, and, and I would never want this to happen, but you know, if I go out here tonight and somebody runs into my car uh, and, and, and hurts us and hurts the car, well, guess what? Uh, I, I would hope that that wouldn't happen and I hope that it wouldn't be serious, but we have health insurance that will help us get better. We have uh, car insurance and, and, and hopefully if the other person doesn't have insurance, guess what? I've got insurance to cover their lack of insurance. That's how we all, we're all, we're eat up with insurance. You know what? I, we got insurance to protect insurance. Uh, it's crazy, ain't it? But that's how we are. Cause why is that? We like to protect. We've worked hard to get what we have and we like to protect it. And you can insure everything nowadays. And, uh, I, I, I remember one day I was at Walmart and I was buying a, uh, I was buying a charger cable for a cell phone. It was like $7.99. And the lady asked me if I wanted a protection plan on it. And I said, no. 
She said, really? It's only $1.99. I said, that's just a way for Walmart to get two more dollars out of me. I'm okay. I think I can replace this. It's only $8. Something happens to it. But uh, that's where we're at. We, we have protection. You can get protection plans on your cell phone. You can get them on your tablet, your computers. You can get them on your cameras. You can get on. I mean, we have insurance for everything. And uh, oftentimes, we'll, we'll buy products to secure our homes, our vehicles, our identities even. You can buy insurance for your social security number. And uh, so if somebody were to hack into your bank account and get all of your money, then you've got insurance to cover that. If somebody were to get your social security number and, and assume your identity, there's insurance out there to help take care of those things and fix things back. And so... We have insurance on, on homes, vehicles, identities, on our lives. And oftentimes when buying certain products, we'll purchase an extended warranty. And uh, I know Brother Neil right now, he's loving that extended warranty on that, on that uh, Ford Edge. And uh, he was telling me Sunday how the, one of the guys been working, what did he say, 15 months trying to find an uh, oil leak on that thing. And guess what? Brother Neil ain't had to worry about a penny of it. Because he had an extended warranty, and a Ford company's got to fix that at no charge to him. And uh, I told him Sunday, I said, Lord, brother, they might as well buy you a new vehicle at the time they've already spent on it. But, hey, uh, extended warranties sometimes are a good thing. And uh, so uh, listen to me, though. When we trust in Christ as our Savior, though, the extended warranty is already included. Uh, as a matter of fact, it don't even cost anything extra. It's not good for five years. It's not good for ten years. But, honey, it's good forever. It's protected salvation is. We don't ever even need, I mean, I'll just be honest with you, salvation don't even need an extended warranty because it's never going to fail. It's never, there's never going to be a time that it breaks down. There's never going to be a time that it goes bad, honey. It's going to be a permanent salvation, but it's also protected. And so it's good forever. Look at First Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Look at the first part of verse 5 with me. The Bible says this, who are kept by the power of God. We're going to look at two things concerning verse 5 tonight. And the first thing we're going to look at is the first part of the verse right there, who are kept by the power of God. I want you to understand tonight that God skillfully keeps his people. We're talking about protection and salvation and how we have a protected salvation. God skillfully keeps his people. When you consider that God has the power to save you, then it ought not be any stretch of the imagination that God can keep you. Amen. There's a lot of people don't believe that though. I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. You can't find it in the Bible. God doesn't save you and then leave you up, leave, leave keeping your salvation up to you. I didn't have anything to do with salvation. And I don't have anything to do with staying saved. It's all in God. It's all from God. It's all in His Son, Jesus Christ. I don't have to worry about it. 
And Peter, he gives a word of consolation and inspiration to saints that are facing uh, or they're going to face intense times of persecution because of their faith. Remember, that's who he is talking to in uh, the epistle of 1 Peter. We, we studied that in verse number 1. The Christians were scattered abroad. They were facing persecution. Persecution was what scattered them. And so these people are facing tough times, and the ones that aren't facing tough times are about to face tough times. And so Peter is writing to them to encourage them and to help them. And what does he start off by doing? Reminding them what they have in Jesus Christ. And so that's why I said just a moment ago, understanding this amazing salvation will help you get through the trials and tribulation of life when you realize what all God has done for you. And so uh, Peter lets the saints know here in verse number 5 that they are secure in Jesus Christ. In verse 5, we learn about the protection of God concerning our eternal salvation. We learn this, or we learn in this verse, that Christians are kept by the power of God. How can you see anything else here? It doesn't say uh, Jesus has saved you and you are now kept by your own will doesn't say that. The same power that saved me is the same power that is keeping me. And so uh, we learn in this verse that Christians are kept by the power of God. We're not kept by our faithfulness, although we need faithfulness. We're not kept by our determination, although we need determination. We're not kept by our resolve. We're not kept by our works. We're not kept by our giving. We're not kept by our serving. All of those things should be evident in a child of God's life now, right? Because what does James tell us? James tells us that faith without works is dead. And I just put it in Mount Airy terms or low gap terms as I say sometimes. Uh, what James is telling us there is if you're a child of God, you ought to have some evidence of it. Works don't save us. Faith is what, said faith in Jesus Christ is what saves us. But honey, you ought to be able to back up your talk with your walk. And so uh, I don't work because I don't work to be saved. I work because I'm saved. I preach because I'm saved. I serve God because I am saved. And so F.B. Meyer wrote this. He said, to have been told, as in the preceding verse, that our inheritance was reserved in heaven could have yielded us little comfort unless that assurance had been followed and capped by this, that the heirs also are being kept for its full enjoyment. Do you see what he's saying there? Hey, he's saying if we had just been told we had a wonderful, uh, a wonderful inheritance reserved for us, that would be little comfort. But what we are told here is not only do we have a reserved inheritance in heaven waiting for us, but the power of God is going to make sure we get there to see it. And that is something we can rejoice in. The salvation that God gives us is guaranteed and we need to get this in our hearts. We need to get it in our minds that, that there is not a time that God is not guarding our salvation. That's what that word kept. When you do a word study on that word kept in verse 5, you find that it is, it's from another word in the Greek that means to guard. 
to guard. Now, he never slumbers. He never sleeps. He'll never neglect what he has guaranteed to us. The devil and all the demons cannot get what God is keeping. 2 Timothy 4.18 says this, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, right there in that verse, Paul wrote that uh, as he faced the last moments of his life. And he was, by many accounts, penniless. He was friendless. He was without valuable possessions. He was cold. He was without adequate clothing. And he was destined for a soon death. Yet, especially knowing that heavenly that the heavenly reward was waiting for him, he wouldn't have traded his place for anything. 2 Timothy 4.16, you go up a little bit, says this, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. In the deepest, darkest trials of Paul's life, guess what? Jesus stood by him and Paul served God faithfully. Also find this written by Paul, 2 Timothy 1.12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded, watch this, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Yeah. What do these verses have in common? Well, we're all, we are kept by the power of God. We are kept by the power of God. It is the power of God that created the heaven and the earth. It is the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is the power of God that will keep His saints. The same power. Not only does God skillfully keep His people, but notice with me in the remaining part of verse number 5, the Bible says this, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So the entire verse says this, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. How do we have salvation? Well, it's by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ we are brought nigh unto God. And so it says, who are kept by the power of God. And then notice this, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, here's the second thing I want you to notice about this verse. It tells us that God successfully keeps His promises. God successfully keeps His promises. God doesn't lie. You can count on everything that God says to be true. There's no fine print. There's no hidden conditions. Not with God. Let me just tell you something. Let me give you, let me give you some of my frustration of this past week. I like air fresheners. Dollar General supposedly has a good deal on some right now. The, the, Dawn's cracking up. The only problem is I got a coupon. Dollar General. I can buy a pack of these air fresheners and they're buy one, get one free. Good deal. I've been to two Dollar General's in two different cities, talk to two different managers, and they will not let me use that coupon. And it's the Dollar General coupon. And this one guy, you looked at it, and he's like, well, uh, did you load it onto your wallet just right? I said, it's in my wallet. He's like, are you sure it's the same? It's the same brand. 
He said, are you sure? I said, look, Hoss, there's a picture of what I'm buying in the coupon. The very same thing. Here it is in my hand. Y'all see it. Here's my phone. Here's... I said, here, I'm buying the same thing that's in this picture. And I said, if you don't believe that, look on the first line. The very first sentence was the thing I was buying. But you know what happens? I scan both of them and I hit total and it will not let me have one of them for free. And I said, oh, just, just give me one free. He said, I'm sorry, man, I can't do that. I said, really? You're a manager. He said, they don't allow us to mess with the prices on anything anymore. I said, but it's a Dollar General coupon. He said, well, maybe we need to read the fine print. And I was like, man, just let me go. I've wasted enough time. <laughs> right? Yes. Have you ever been to Belk and tried to use a coupon? I don't even. For a long time, I would get Belk coupons. Because that's where I'd go. Fi I'd find good deals on suits and stuff. You know what I'd do to a belt coupon today if I were to find one? Wad it up and throw it in the trash. Because I guarantee you, you can't use it on 90% of the things that are in that store. Right. It blew my mind. Every time on a belt coupon, you look there and it's got every single brand. I mean, they got fine print this long on a coupon. You know what? I'm glad that there's no fine print. <laughs> when it comes to what I have in Jesus Christ. I'm glad that there's not a team of lawyers sitting around a table somewhere going, we need to write all this up so we can get out from under it in case we want to. I mean, have you ever been in a world, have you ever seen such a time when, I mean, you know, the Walmarts and the, the Dollar Generals and the Family Dollars, they're getting fined left and right because they are, uh, they are putting products out on a shelf and they're putting a price on them and then when you go pay for them, they're a dollar or two dollars more expensive. As a matter of fact, they say that what you go in these places and buy what they found the discrepancies with were as much on average as 40% more expensive than what they were advertised for. So what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, I'm glad we don't have to worry about that garbage with, when it comes to salvation. When it comes to salvation, it is as simple as one, two, three. It is simple in the Word of God. And you know, when God says something, we can take Him for what He says because there is no fine print. There is no hidden conditions. There is not, there's not even a written up contract. It's a wonderful thing. I'm glad God does not complicate things like man does. Aren't you? As a matter of fact, we can take His Word at face value and we know that every promise that He makes to us will come to pass. As a matter of fact, uh, the book of Numbers, chapter number 23 says this in verse number 19. God is not a man that He should lie. Neither the Son of Man that He should repent. Hath He said and shall He not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Hey, I'm glad, hey, I'm just thankful right now. That very first line, God is not a man. Hallelujah. 
God's not a man. You know what that means? He can't be bribed. He can't be impressed with riches. Hey, he does not lie. He does not change his mind like man does. God always performs his word. If God has spoken, he will perform it. If he has told us something in his word, you can mark it down. There is no getting to a register and it not being what it was told. There is no, there is nothing like that. God says what He means. He means what He says. God has all strength. He has the power to perform His promises. He will make it good. When a person trusts in the Lord Jesus, they're born again. Why? Because here it is in a nutshell. Romans 10, 9. How do I be saved, preacher? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We receive salvation free when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus and His finished work. And as saints, we begin a journey with the Lord growing in His likeness uh, through testing and through trials, through persecution, through pain. Hey, these things are a necessity in life. And we can handle them a whole lot better when we understand, as the book of Romans tells us, that all things... Work to the good of them that love the Lord, who are the called according to His purpose. You know what everything in your life right now, no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation, what you're going through, do you know what's happening with it? The, the whole purpose behind it is to bring you more like, to make you more like Christ and to give Him glory for it. Everything that we face is meant to make us better, not bitter. We have been delivered. We have been delivered from the penalty of sin. We've been delivered from the power of sin. But let me tell you something. We haven't yet been delivered from the presence of sin. But one day we will. One day we will. Peter reminds the believers that they have a reserved inheritance in heaven that is kept by the power of God and that will in the last times be revealed fully at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that we've studied all of this and looked through all of it, let's go back through and read verse 1 through 5 together again. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed." In the last time. You know what, folks? We got a lot to be thankful for. God took us from being dead and destitute, polluted, and, and depraved with the sin of mankind, and He has taken us and saved us. And not only saved us, He has made us heirs. Mm. He has given us an inheritance. Hey, you know what? Salvation would have been wonderful. But He's done so much more. He's done so much more than just saved us. He has reserved an inheritance for us in heaven. He's keeping us by His power to make sure that we get there. You know why? 
because he promised us eternal salvation. And if you've called upon him, if you've confessed his name, if you have believed that Jesus Christ died and rose again, then guess what? We're talking about you. Yeah. It's true. It truly is an amazing salvation. It's amazing because it's provided, it's prompted, it's permanent, and it's protected. You know what? This right here ought to, live, ought, to, ought to help us live godly daily. It ought to help us to honor Jesus in every way. It really should. It ought to help us get through the trials of life. Because guess what? I know where I'm going. I know what's waiting for me. The worst thing that could happen in this world is I get put in the express lane. Just saying. I know, I don't say that to belittle any problems in life. I don't say that, hey, listen, people are dealing with cancer. They are dealing with all sorts of, of horrible sicknesses. I don't mean to belittle any of that. But what I want to do is just encourage us by saying, this ain't all there is. We're heading somewhere permanent. Our salvation the power of God's going to get us there. Yeah, and He's going to help us through life. Mm. The Lord has got all of salvation in His hands, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. Let's stand and bow our heads, close our eyes tonight.